Time once again for a wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack, on this, uh, well, a kind of a cloudy and, boy, you can feel fall. And you ever, and this damp weather goes right through to the bone. <laughs> it does. It feels colder than it is. It's 40-some degrees out this morning. But as you're out walking about, it feels chillier than that. No, it does, for sure. But what uh, what can we chat about today? Today, you know, I thought we'd talk about a relatively new wine, but it isn't new at all, called Malbec. And Malbec has become very, very popular, and people talk about it, etc. One of the reasons I'm going to talk about it is I had a bottle of it Wednesday night with barbecued ribs, and the marriage was made in heaven. Just unbelievable. How about it is I had a bottle of it Wednesday night with barbecued ribs, and the marriage was made in heaven. Just unbelievable how good they went together. But anyhow, Malbec is a grape variety that originally came from France. In fact, the reason it isn't so well known in France is it has at least four or five names. Auxerrois, Cote, uh, Pessac are some of the names of Malbec in France. And Malbec is used primarily in the area of Cahors. I remember, oh golly, it must be in the late 70s, early 80s, my good friend Glenn Nelson had some wine from a friend of his, Prince Heinrich of Denmark, and it was Cahors, and I said, well, I'd never heard of it, and we tasted it together, and I thought it was very interesting. It was at the time they used to call it the black wine of Cahors. It's the principal red grape type Malbec is from Cahors, and Cahors had a noble history. But it goes back to the Romans used to get wine from there to blend because it added an intensity to the other wines uh, that you couldn't find anywhere else. And that, that was the strength of Malbec, to add that intensity. Uh, it's a thick-skinned grape, and it likes sun and heat. And there aren't many grapes that do do that. So it flourished very well, of course, when it finally went to Argentina. But uh, its history in France, again, it was used as a blending type in a lot of areas of France, primarily Bordeaux. In fact, until the mid-1950s, uh, Malbec was, there was more Malbec planted in Bordeaux uh, than almost any other car, with the exception of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. So Malbec was around a long time, uh, but we really didn't discover it on our shelves until the last 15 or 20 years. And that's because all of a sudden, this Argentinian wine called Malbec began to appear, even though Malbec had this noble history in France and has grown all over France and used as a blending grape. It never was bottled on its own except in Cahors. And the black wine of Cahors was an intense, deep red wine that took some time to let it age and develop. Well, in Argentina, in about the 1850s, the agricultural minister sent a couple of lackeys over to France to bring back some wines to grow in the Mendoza Valley. And they came back with this Malbec that they had gotten in Bordeaux, where it was a blending grape, as I said. And uh, they planted it there. And it was very, very popular. But uh, Argentina at the time didn't export any wines at all. And, you know, it was popular only in Argentina. Well, fast forward uh, to the fact that uh, Argentina developed modern winemaking skills about 25, 30 years ago. 
They cleaned up their act. They began to bottle wine for export, etc. And, of course, they wanted to send their principal grape type, Malbec. And in Argentina, there are almost 100,000 acres of Malbec grapes grown all over Argentina, and it's growing. They're finding it growing grow up in the hills and all this and that. And people are developing Malbec uh, with oak aging, etc. The wonderful evolution of a wine is very, very apparent in Malbec. <coughs> when it was started, it, like I say, it was a coarse red wine, uh, mainly for local consumption. And then when the modern technology jumped in the scene in Argentina uh, about 20, 25 years ago, all of a sudden this Malbec improved tremendously. And what a wonderful uh, wine it really is. Uh, as I said, it's so popular in France, where it's known as Cahors, and Cahors is enjoying a bit of a renaissance, too. It no longer takes forever to age and become ready to drink. You can drink a Cahors right now. And as I said, Malbec was a major planning in Bordeaux, but then in about 1956 or 8, around there, there was a horrible, horrible frost in France, and it wiped out almost all of the Malbec in Bordeaux. And uh, so, and the Bordelais just simply didn't replant that Malbec. They had some four or five other grape types. There's a little planted there today, but not really very much. And so the darling of the wine world, <coughs> Malbec from Argentina, is there. And like I said, today they have Malbec from virtually everywhere, uh, all over Argentina, not just Mendoza. And Mendoza, incidentally, if you ever get the opportunity to go there, is a wonderful city. It's in a desert, but because of the runoff from the Andes Mountains, it's uh, like a big oasis. Even though it has a desert climate and doesn't get a lot of rainfall, it gets all that snow-capped melt and wonderful runoff. And uh, it goes back to even the ancient indigenous people in that area of Mendoza uh, knew how to tame that water that came rushing down the mountainside. <coughs> and they put these little dikes in and that to water uh, food stuff, etc. Well, they do the same thing today with the vineyards. They use that runoff to water the vineyards, and they get fabulous results from doing that. In fact, the town of Mendoza itself, all the trees that are in town, they don't obviously have grass growing around them because they don't have enough uh, water to support big, gracious lawns. But they do have these little caps on the trees, and you look down there and you can see when the water comes in to water the trees, and they get beautiful trees all over the plaza in downtown Mendoza. And the food there is just wonderful. uh, Of course, they're heavy to meat in Argentina because it's a big meat-producing country. And I'll tell you, if you go out for a horseback ride and a barbecue, it is absolutely a marvelous way to experience Mendoza itself and, of course, experience some of that wonderful Malbec wine that you can have with your beef and a horseback ride out into the desert. Uh, But, like I say, the desert is very lush. It's like a very... Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sight to see in uh, 
Mendoza, like I said, good restaurants, etc. Nice place to visit. The wineries are always anxious for people to come to them. And like I say, you'll discover something new. And when I say discover something new, as I said, to me, I used to always drink Zinfandel with barbecue, and it's still a very good match. Uh, Zinfandel seems to go so well. When barbecue, you've got that sweet and yet a little hot, spicy sauce. You want a wine that will complement that nicely and not overpower it, and it won't overpower the wine because barbecue sauce is one of those things that's really sketchy to marry wine with. However, it found its real partner in Malbec. They just seem to go together so very, very well. And uh, like I say, the popularity is so evident in that Malbec now is popular in so many other countries. You can get Malbec all throughout the Balkans, uh, South Africa. Our own uh, California grows a lot of Malbec. Uh, it's just amazing to me how many places in even the France they're bottling it under the label Malbec because <laughs> it comes from the big southern part of France where you don't have a lot of Appalachian wines and they're producing just a grape called Malbec and making wine out of it. So Malbec is enjoying a renaissance, <coughs> pardon me, all over the world, not just from Argentina, but I do think the Argentinian wine of Malbec is the best. Uh, it really is a soft, delicious, easy, accessible red wine that, like I say, seems to just cry for barbecue sauce. Uh, the problem with its popularity, as I said, probably stems from that fact that in France it has so many other names other than Malbec. And uh, that's changing because of the popularity of Argentinian Malbec. And we see Malbec coming from other South American countries, too. But really and truly, in my opinion, Malbec found its real home in that Mendoza part of Argentina where everybody uh, is growing Malbec, and they're trying new places, which is kind of fun to see, high-altitude Malbecs. And they're really classy, elegant wines. And for, for a wine that started out as a, a blending wine and without a lot of falderall about it, today Malbec is a must-have, particularly if you're going to have anything with barbecue sauce on it. I can't recommend it more highly than I can speak of how good Malbec really is. And you can really see it, as I said, when you bite into maybe a barbecue brisket or, or you have barbecued ribs or barbecued pork chops or something, and you try a glass of Malbec with it, you'll see exactly what I mean. It's just a marriage simply made in heaven. And speaking of marriages made in heaven, uh, Ted Farrell did a new six for 60, where he picked six wonderful bottles of wine to go with hearty dishes that we want to have at this time of year. It's this cold weather coming upon us. There's nothing like a rich stew. Uh, and Ted picked six wines to go with stew. He picked a Samur to go with wild rice, chicken wild rice soup, marriage again made in heaven, uh, Cote de uh, a wonderful wine to have with roast chicken, Coturone and Coltitis, just a delicious wine. He picked Bears Lair Cabernet, a nice wine to have with a pot roast. And he picked, to go with chili, which incidentally a Malbec could go well with chili too, he picked Boogie, 
uh, Zinfandel, and to go with uh, a pot of chili, that would be a delicious thing. He also picked Ivoroni's Chianti to go with any Italian dish. You're going to have spaghetti bolognese or a big bowl of Italian minestrone or that good Italian bread soup. This Ivoroni Chianti we just got in. We've been trying to get it for several years. It finally came in, and it is a wonderful bottle of wine. And then he has that Cote de Rhone of Bernard's Rosé to have with apple crisp. And, of course, a homemade apple crisp at this time of year is the type of thing everybody would love to have. And believe it or not, that little Cote de Rhone Rosé goes absolutely perfect with it. Well, there you have it. Six bottles of wine for 60 bucks. Ted Farrell's selection, and I'm telling you, you won't rest until you really try the, these marriages with the soup and the apple crisp and all the wines that have been picked to go with them. But lest we forget, what we really were talking about here today was Malbec, and Malbec is not, as I've explained, not such a new wine. It goes back to Roman time, but it only got popular by the Argentinians in the last 20 years. And don't let yourself go without trying Malbec, at least with barbecue, once or twice uh, in the next few months. You won't be disappointed in it. It's a wonderful, as I said, marriage. Anytime you have a barbecue sauce on, on any virtually anything, try that wonderful wine called Malbec. And we have a very good one called the Gary Bay, which is owned by the Rothschild family. And that is such a delicious Malbec, you really want to try that, as I said, with some barbecued ribs or something like that. But there you have it, a good wine to have uh, for a cold, snappy fall day right here in our wonderful Twin Cities. Boy, you you were right on the money. I remember years ago, Jack, when you mentioned Malbec with uh, barbecue, and like you, uh, it used to be Zinn for me. And then when I started the Malbec, that's that's the go-to wine for chili, like you said, and barbecue. Perfect. Yeah, anything that has that sweet and yet hot flavor, yeah. Uh, yeah. it really just is a marriage made in heaven. Absolutely. And you can find it at any one of the Haskell's locations. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's absolutely love to marry food and wine, as you can tell from my conversation this morning. But And they're good at it. And you know, the best part is they'll help you pick a bottle of wine that will not break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior right at the dock on Lake Minnetonka. There's a Haskell's in Faribault off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of wines from the vineyards of the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, one at Plymouth. St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com, and you can get all of these uh, interesting chats online there. And if you can't, don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. Absolutely. Well, let's deliver more thoughts uh, next Saturday, Jack. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. That's Jack Farrell from Haskell's.